It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Oh my God Almighty, the excitement in this studio today. I'm lepping out of the seat here. Why am I excited? Well, we're going to tell you now because I have a very special guest with us on the show. We met him on late lunch at the very start of the year when he came in to us with his business partner, Frank Taff, and he's back with us today for a very special reason. And believe me, lots of you out there want to hear about this. JP Egan, you're very welcome back to late lunch. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing really well. Well, you know, and we're going to tell them now why I'm so excited. You, in association with us here at LMFM Radio, are giving away a dream wedding. Correct and right. We are indeed. Yeah, we're giving away a dream wedding to, to for 100 people or, or more if necessary. And uh, yeah, it's going to be to the value of 15,000 euro. Are you listening to that, folks? 15 grand. Just think about it. What a start to your married life that would be not to have that big expense to put out and bring all your family and friends to the beautiful new village hotel in Bettystown for your wedding. It's worth €15,000. It's a hell of a prize. Now, before we get into the prize I- itself, just to say it is for 100 people, but they can add on themselves up to about what, JP? How many? Up to about 130. OK, so that's your option where JP and the crew are there covering, covering everything in the wedding. About 100 people you can bring and if you want to add a few more, that's 
up to yourself. Let's just run through what they're going to get for this. It really is from the rings to the reception, from the cakes to the dresses, everything involved. Yes, yeah, the whole package, Sherry. Yeah, to be fair, we've been really lucky. Uh, and a lot of the guys that we're working with now have come in and and help us support and put this package together. So, yeah, we're really excited about it. And it's it's going to help us launch the, the hotel now on uh, the 6th of October. Now, you are sort of open. You've done a soft opening. Is that it so far? Yes, yes, we are. We, we opened uh, at the end of July and we we kind of wanted to do a soft one just to kind of get people up to speed with operations and service. Now, to be fair, it, from the gecko really we hit the ground running it was very busy a lot of the local people were aware it was happening we had stuff on facebook which was great and uh you know the gastro bar the bull and tide kicked off straight away uh, and we had our first wedding then on the 27th of july so you've done we've, one already. we've had one already <laughs> yeah that's what we were up against it to get open <laughs> for that but uh we with everything rocking and rolling and to be fair it was uh becky and aziz becky trainer and aziz and and a lovely couple where the whole day went smashing out was brilliant you know? mm. so they've dipped their toe they're on the way and they're going to be doing many more weddings we have to say I just want to give an idea for, for what's involved here uh, the cake custom cakes are with you on that one custom cakes well yeah. known people do yeah. a great job oh, they're in on this yeah. one the dress who else but the lady herself Isabel Chus yes. yeah Isabel she's brilliant we'll yeah, provide yeah. the wedding dress for the bride McKenna man lads you're not being left out here absolutely not no top class there. top class stuff all the boys are going to be looked after there. A car. Who's supplying the car, JB? Yeah, we're lucky enough there. We've got the lads from uh, AKP are going to be supplying the car. So, like, we're, we're, we're blessed with that. Beautiful, beautiful limo. They Oh, you look uh, like celebrities from Hollywood in that one. Curly Cuts are doing the, the hair. Is that it, yeah? That's right, yeah. yeah. And then we move on to the makeup. Who's doing the makeup? Sinead Faulkner's looking after it. Well-known lady yeah. there. She's brilliant. She is absolutely yeah. brilliant. The pictures on the day. Yes, yeah. who's taking the snaps? Yeah, Voidus is looking after that. Pause time photography. So, uh, Voidus is, you know, brilliant. Brilliant, great, brilliant, great brilliant. Oh, we forgot the flowers. Oh, listen, we must mention the flowers. South I, Gay Florist, is it? South Gay, yeah, that's Virginia flowers. and Evelyn yeah. up there, the two girls. Are They're looking after well. that. The rings. The rings, Mr. English, Bernard English and the girls down there are looking after For more there, years yeah. than he yeah. cares to remember. Yeah. He's put that many bands on people's fingers, yeah, Bernard English. He'll be yeah. there as well. And there's music, of course, and a DJ. Who's doing that for us? Yeah, the band is Men in Black. Brilliant. Really re- well-known band. They're, they're fantastic. And then the DJ is Dave Newman. Dave's worked with us for years up in the Black Ball. And now he's doing the uh, work with us in the Village Hotel. Okay, and full reception for 100 people. And as JP says, if you want to add on some numbers yourself to that, you're quite welcome to do so. So how do you enter this competition? It is so simple, you won't believe it. You go onto the website, the homepage of LMFM, and there it is. The entry form is there right this minute as we speak. What do you have to do? You have to tell us. If it's you, if you're listening today and you're intending getting married in the next 24 months, it's over the next two years, this wedding has to be arranged. Isn't that it? Over the next two years. Tell us why. Have you a story? Why should we give you this great prize? If you know somebody who's getting married, if they're your son, daughter, relation, friend, you can nominate them as well yourself. Tell us why they should win this wedding. It's as simple as that. And JP is involved in this with us. Yes, the crew from the village and ourselves here on Late Lunch are going to be the adjudicators. We have a three-person panel and we will pick 
five from all of the entries. Isn't that it, JP? That's right, yeah. Five finalists, and we'll be picking those in a couple of weeks' time. And the five finalists, this is very important, must be available to go to the village. This is your big weekend coming up, isn't it? The 6th and 7th of October. That's it, yeah. That's yeah. the big launch for the new village out in Bettystown. You must be available on Saturday the 6th of October, the couple, and you'll be able to bring some friends along with you as well, to join us for, this is unprecedented, JP, just for you, just for you and Frank Taff and everyone at the village. Never ever has there been a late lunch outside Monday to Friday. But there will be a late lunch that Saturday. A show coming directly from the village on that Saturday. So we're going to have a whole show round the finalists and give that great prize away. So look, the best of luck to you. You get on there. The entry form is there. You complete it. Send it in to us. Sinead Brazil is posting the link as I speak right across all the LMFM social media. And we wish everybody the very best of luck. 15,000 euro this prize is worth. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And uh, we do say the wedding, just one other thing, your wedding will be arranged on Monday to Thursday are the dates between Monday and Thursday and the next 24 months, isn't it? Two years. You must arrange it in that time frame. And of course, if you're a newbie, if you're getting married, maybe you're going for the second time. They're in as well, aren't they, JP? Absolutely, yeah. They're there. That's it. That's it. Simple as that. You must be getting married over the next couple of years. We want to hear from you. Get entering as soon as you can and the very best of luck to everybody. Now, let's come back to the village for a moment. Can I say to you, I haven't been out there yet, mea culpa, but anybody I've been talking to who's been there are really impressed with the job you've done. Are, are you really happy yourself? Yeah, Frank? we're delighted, Jerry. Yeah, to be fair, the finish on it is really smart. Uh, the place looks great. You know, the feedback has been really positive. Uh, and, and, you know, I think for the area and what's going on out in Bettystown, there's obviously a, a lot of development that, you know, there's, there's now, you know, really nice place for people to go. Uh, and now, obviously, we'll have the hotel rooms there. They're open. They're up and running. How many rooms have so you? So we have 16 bedrooms. Lovely. And that's including the bridal suite. Okay. So um, we've we've tied in with some of the local uh, companies. That, so we've started to push the whole corporate end of things now Monday mm. to Friday and then we've had the stayovers coming at the weekend so yeah look it's been great Okay so if you're a wedding if I'm just thinking into next year so of course the communion and confirmation seasons yeah. will come along if you're having a big party party or a special family get together corporate you're in the market you're available you're there to cater for all of these Absolutely yeah yeah. we're there for any occasion that people want to go mm. for but also we have then the Bull and Tide which is the gastro bar which some people haven't been aware they, they've thought that it's just a wedding venue that yes. we're, we're opening uh, and the hotel whereas we also have the gastro bar which is the Bull and Tide mm. and that's open from breakfast from 7am till uh, lunch dinner to seven days a week seven days a week yeah. so yeah. beautiful beautiful place there with wonderful food available besides the wedding and the events uh, side of this just remind me again you, yourself and Frank got involved here when take us back to yeah. when you bought it well it was, it's, it's myself Charlie my brother uh, Charlie Egan and then Frank uh, Frank Taff so there's our three, so yes, there's a three okay, of us three involved, so yeah. yeah we got um, it was it was last February February 16 when we first started looking at it uh, and then we got the deal done uh, in July 16 sorry July 17 and then obviously we started the development in August 17 and we you've done well July. so yeah we, we've done really well yeah mm. uh, because we made a good few changes to to improve and make the place better um, you know originally we were going to do less work and then as we got in we said look we want to do something that's going to have a big impact on people and be able to go in and have an amazing wedding day and, and promote 
events like that. You mm. know, so tell them how many jobs you've created in Eastmead. At the moment, we have forty-six people. That's um, brilliant. Employed now at the hotel. Yeah, mm. yeah. And hopefully, as things as we get busier, uh, that will grow as well. Yeah, that is fantastic. So. And Eddie Rankin is your manager. Eddie Rankin's the GM, yeah, yeah. Eddie's top man, yeah, yeah, Eddie's... Yeah. He's come with a lot of experience, hasn't he, He has him. indeed, yeah, mm. he's worked at plenty of hotels uh, within this area as well, so he's yes. aware of the market and the people who live in in, in the area, you mm. know, so... Is yeah. the recruitment aspect when you're doing something new like that, is that a big call it's to... A ma- yeah, it's a massive part of it, yeah. yeah, and to be fair now, like, you know, you can see in the hospitality sector, getting good people can be quite difficult, you know, because uh, there's a lot more places open and and those quality people are harder to find. Mm. So uh, it takes a little bit of time to get the level of of people that you want. Uh, And we feel now that we've hit that that area. We've brought in uh, Angela Dias, Angie, who's the uh, sales and marketing person. She's really good. Uh, Stephen Cronin, he's the gastro bar manager. He's come on board in the last couple of weeks. Stephen's very strong as well, a lot of experience. And then filling in around that, we've we, we strengthened up in terms of the supervisors mm. and uh, the waiters and waitresses. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're happier. You're with very it. pleased with the crew you have. Yeah. Remember the last time you and Frank were here, the, the warmth, the well of yeah, good wishes and the was. memories of the village that came flying into us, JP. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like that, when I went back to work in the Black Bull, that people had heard about it and people had come and said... Do you know that I got, we, we got married there or such and such got married there and they were really excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that many people have such fondness and, and you know, of, of memories of the village and yeah. uh, of their time there. Yeah, Absolutely. And it's a phoenix from the ashes. It's back bigger, better, brighter and better than ever. And really a place worth checking out and, and uh, put it on your wish list over the coming weeks and months. So you're all set, ready to go. And this wedding giveaway will be the centrepiece of your really launch weekend on the 6th and 7th of October. That's it, yeah. yeah. We're all looking forward to it. Do you yeah. see how animated, do you feel the energy in this studio this afternoon? Do you? Absolutely. You, do. Yeah, you know, do. we've done this before in yeah. a previous guys and I can tell you, JP, it was absolutely wonderful. We enjoyed it so much. We met so many wonderful people and at the end of the day, a couple won their wedding. Folks, it's €15,000. It's simple to enter. You go onto the LMFM homepage and there is the entry form and you just enter uh, via that form. And as I said to you, between uh, the great people in the new village and ourselves here in Late Lunch and LMFM, uh, three adjudicators will adjudge on the entries. You know, why should we give you this wedding? Why should we give this wedding to someone you know? Tell us your story, their story and we'll look at them. We'll pick five and they'll be the finalists on the 6th of October, a Saturday with a very special, a unique late lunch between 1 and 3 o'clock, live from the Village Hotel. Oh, what a prize this is. I want to wish everybody the best luck and JP, I'm sure you're looking forward with your crew there to the competition and seeing how this unfolds and all involved with it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, we can't wait. We yeah, can't wait, yeah. is right, and neither can we. Listen, thank you for joining us on the show today to launch uh, the uh, Dream Wedding Giveaway. Yes, it's the village, the village in Bettystown, County Mead. It's back, bigger, brighter and better than ever, and they want to give you a wedding. Somebody out there listening this afternoon, I want to wish everybody the best of luck. We'll be talking about this a lot, JP, over the coming weeks. Thank you for joining us no on the problem, show. Jerry, yeah. And there's only one way to finish this interview today. I just have to hear more of it. Away we go. <laughs> thank you. Cheers, Jerry.
trash, got a pocket full of cash, we can blow, shots of patrol, and it's all. Yes, indeed. Hasn't it just gone wild, Sinead Brassel, already? <laughs> I've immediately. only posted it 11 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, and, and it's already. gone bananas on the... People are tagging each other. Yes. Uh, so, you know, people are saying, you know, get on this, whoever <laughs> Absolutely. you are. Yeah, so there should be a lot of people uh, in the area getting married or they're yeah, engaged. Yep. Yeah, 15,000 euro. When you think about it, Sinead, you know, like... Imagine all that covered off and paid yeah. for and that 15, you know, it'd be deposit on a house for you. It you would. know, it get would. you going and it really is a great, great opportunity. And what we want to know, just to remind you again, folks, if, if, if you're intending to get married in the next couple of years, tell us why you should win this prize. If you know somebody, you feel they deserve it, if there's a story, we want to hear from you. And the format's uh, up there on the LMFM homepage. You complete it there and enter on LMFM.ie. That's where you enter. You complete the entry in there and the link, Sinead, you've, uh, as I said, before. It's everywhere, all over our social media as well and we wish you the best and that is going to be a very special Saturday the 6th of October. Live late lunch on a Saturday. Five finalists and one winner of that wonderful 15,000 euro I might cry because I cry at everything and when people win things like this I'm just going to be crying with the happiness for for them. Like It's going to be great so I'm really excited to work that day. Absolutely. But come here, do you remember your wedding day? I don't think it cost 15 grand, did it Jerry? Mm, Can't remember. I got married well my reception was in um the hotel in Dunlear let me oh, think the, gro- the, the grove. grove the grove the grove in Dunlear was where I had my reception I can't I have memories of it it's just a good while ago now at this stage but sure our memories were refreshed recently when my son Jared got married of course, at yeah. the wonderful Bellingham Castle I have to say oh my god what a day we had there uh, unbelievable but I can remember my my own wedding day yes I, I do indeed I can't remember what the weather was like and I think it was okay we got married in St Mary's Church in Drogheda and then the reception was out there in Dunlear that was a big venue you know at the time for weddings it really was and did you have hundreds of or ah, there was tens. Hun- yeah, there was a hundred nod at it. Anyway, people I worked well, with, see, friends and family, and no, I didn't. At that, when I tell you now, I was a very quiet shy boy oh. when I got married. <laughs> I was. What are you laughing at? Stop that laughing. Oh my. I was a shy boy. <laughs> You're wearing your eyes shy. I, I don't was. think so. I don't think Honestly, so. would you never think that? No. I was, actually. No. I didn't have... Like, nobody will knew me. I worked in telecom at the time and an ordinary clerical job and had good crack with the, the folk did in you there. Have, and come here, did you have, like, a little cubicle on your own and you're just busy little beaver in your own little cubicle? Worked in... There. I used to work in... Um, personnel section it was called it'd be HR now I oh, worked really? there in the Boyne Centre in Drogheda it's an irony I worked in the Boyne Centre in Drogheda for many years and guess what or who was in the Boyne Centre as well 
LMFM. LMFM That's Radio was downstairs. Yeah. And I had no connection really with the station at all, to be honest. Very little through sport then it happened, uh, through the soccer and drawhead and uh, column and dealing with column here in the sport. And that. That's how I got involved in this game on a but part-time. But if you were shy and retiring, how on earth does anybody think that you'd be good on the radio? I don't know. I must have come out of <laughs> my shell as the years went by. You know, that type of way. I did. <laughs> you say? I, I, maybe it was always... Well, it's always talkative, you know, that yeah, type yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah. I could always talk, you know, that's well, one that's thing about it. Takes, yeah. I had that old gift of the gab, you know, but uh, anyway, that's that's right. What about you? When, when, when you, yourself and Derek, where was your reception? Ours was in the fabulous Station House Hotel oh, in Kilmessen. Beautiful, And yeah. Jerry, I drove up the driveway of it and I went, yeah, this is the venue. <laughs> This is where we're going. That's I don't care. It could be a dump inside. It just it got would, you straight away. Course, I was gorgeous. at a lovely wedding there yeah. as well a couple of years ago and thoroughly enjoyed it. We stayed overnight there as well uh, yeah, after well the wedding. Yeah, well looked after. And well they, have, after. They, have, mm. they have the lovely little mm. uh, honeymoon suite that was uh, this, the signal tower because uh, of course it was a, a train yes. station so mm. you could stay in that but yeah it was magic yeah, well memories of it's it. all about the new village hotel in yes. Bettystown on late lunch in 2018 and uh, Rose Healy's been on to say congratulations to JP and everybody involved what lovely people Vera's been on has memories of the place from years ago as well uh, the village hotel there was the Neptune was there as well I know that Vera but the village was a big big place huge venue in its day and loads of people worked there if you have memories of the village if you work there if you have anything to say do give us a shout 086-1800-658 is the text or WhatsApp number. You can call in on 1850-715-958. Up next on the show, I have a real gentleman joining me for a chat. Peter Owens is with us next. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. So he wrote his first ever poem called The Light in 1994 and many more subsequently. Peter Owen's penchant for verse has remained concealed under a bushel until now. Through life circumstances and much encouragement from a new circle of friends, a collection of his work called Mystical Path with Poetry is to be published imminently. And I'm delighted to say the man himself is in the hot seat on late lunch this afternoon. Peter, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you for joining me. Can I context you locally for a start? Tell them who you are and where you come from. Yeah, yeah Peter Owens is my name and uh, uh, my folks are actually from Baltrade Drogheda. Um, my mother uh, was uh, one of the Drews, Lily Drew or Elizabeth Drew, from Brahan, was the name of the house. It's still there in Baltre. And my father was in one of the wee thatched houses along the seafront. They're all gone now, sadly. And uh, they were mostly seafaring people. Your dad was Peter Owens. Peter Owens, that's correct. Yeah. You're one of five children, yes? That's correct, Jerry, yes. And does three of you remain alive today? Two passed on, did that's they? That's right, yeah. My, my sister Anita and uh, my elder brother Jim. Uh, Jim died about f- uh, four years ago, yeah. And there's you and Tony and John. That's correct, And you had a yeah. sister as well, hadn't you, that yeah, passed? Yeah, Anita, 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 Anita was Anita, your yeah. sister as well. Yeah. Do you remember... I know you only spent your very youngest years in Baltray because the family... Four years, yeah. yeah you, you'd have no memories but of... But we used to go back every year for six weeks in oh, summer. 
I see. You forgot that. Yeah. Ah, I see. <laughs> so your link with Baltrae ah, yeah, was we, maintained. Go, going back to Baltrae every summer as children for six weeks, my poor old mother, uh, you know, missed Baltrae being a farmer's daughter and suddenly living in Uri. So she was delighted when she'd get her clutch together and take us down on the train, you know, so to Baltrae. And that was our heaven. Ah, oh, well, you have long connections then yeah. with the little village. You do, yeah. Um, why did you move to Newry? Uh, I'm not quite, we're not quite sure. My, my father was a sea captain in the British Merchant Navy with Furness Withy, and uh, there was a war on. Maybe it was something to do with that, that he thought it'd be more accessible for coming to and fro. I really don't know. Yeah, because, uh, do mm. you mind me saying... It was uh, another world. Uh, uh, telling them, you were born in 1935. Yeah, correct, yes. So you were a baby of the, you were a child of the war years then. Yeah, that's right. I remember wh- when we went to our new house in Newry, standing in the hall and heard Dad saying, I think there's going to be a war. Yeah, and you that. can remember that? Yes, yes. Was it a, a big change for the family, the new oh, situation yeah, oh, from yeah. Baltray? Yes. It, was, it was another culture, another world up there. We were very conscious of that. The people were so conscious about the religion and all that. And Newry, uh, in those days, was a market town. It had no industry there, really. You know, it was quite... Poor, really. Uh, so those well. religious tensions were quite yeah. obvious in those yeah. years. Yeah, what school did you go to? You know, things like that. You know, they'd ask <laughs> but you. People were nice, but they, they were just hooked up on that thing. You mm. know? They wanted to see which side of the, yeah, the wall yeah. you were on. But, I know what you but mean. But we were regarded as outsiders because we 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 came up from the south. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you were a little bit different as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as you grew up yourself, you also went to sea, following in the footsteps of your I, dad. I yeah? did. Yeah, I was immature and childish, and I was full of all these romantic ideas. My mother actually wanted me to do medicine, you know, and I remember saying, oh, I don't know if I brightened up. She said, well, the head brother told me you're very good at Latin, remember what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, that's a good starter. And uh, foolishly, I went to sea, but after a little while and been, you know, putting up with the bullying and the, the, I wasn't into that sort of life, I quickly yeah. realised. So I put up with it for a while. In those misplaced days of trying to, Please your parents, you know. Nowadays, they wouldn't do that. Mm. I, I put up with it for a while, and then I got out of it. You, know. you left it. So I the Amoa Massa Mass... Uh, I know, I like that. Yeah. Get you through, yeah, you know, yeah, for, the, yeah, for the doctors. Yeah. Well, it would start you off. Yeah. <laughs> get you going anyway, for sure. <laughs> now, yeah. you went to the States for a while, yes? That's right, yeah. Well, I, I was in... You see, I was only qualified to be an officer in the Merchant Navy, and I wasn't unfortunately trained for anything sure. so I just did ordinary sort of uh, uh, work really nothing special over there and I, I it was only when I came back to Ireland and eventually did a distance learning course in business I decided this was after you were in the States that's right did I you spend long in the States three years actually where were you what there. part did you go uh, to? in San Francisco and what did you do I, I worked for Bell Telephone Company actually <laughs> 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 yeah in the part where they made copying Copying documents and stuff like yes, that. You know, yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was an experience after having been at sea. I remember thinking it was wonderful to be uh, not not to be on a ship all the time and all that, and in this lovely climate. <laughs> to was, you know, as a child, yeah, yes. twenty one year old kid. But, uh, but you came back. You I did. I came back, and then eventually I did. Uh, I, I thought I have to do something with my life, so I did a business learning course, and and, and that enabled me to get my. Myself, you know, proper job. Yeah. You know. What did you do? What was your life? What was your career? Yeah, I started off in business. First job was with Remington Rand, selling their business machines and things like that. Uh, and uh, uh, I remember that I, w- I was so anxious to make it work that I wouldn't have to go back to the sea. I worked harder than anybody else. I used to get all the prizes, you know, that sort of thing. Award winner. Yeah, yes. you were yeah. multiple. Well, I saw that. Well, I worked hard at it. Yeah, I, I had to. You know, but it was a, 
And um, so you're a good salesman. He, well, yeah. And uh, I went to the Olympic Games in '72. That was another little prize. I remember that. That's a long time ago. 1972. Was that the uh, one where the atrocity happened? The I know. Israeli for, it events? happened after we. I came back. And I remember that well. Yeah, it was awful. Mm. Yeah. Shocking, shocking. So that yeah. was one of the prizes you picked up for. Being That's a right. And salesman. I remember uh, being over there watching the Cubans doing the water polo. I remember that in the afternoon. And of course, they won all the prizes and that. You know, the mm. Cubans. And, uh, and then there was something else. And uh, then there was, um, there was, uh, uh, one of these, it's a 10,000 kilometres, uh, race or something like that. And it was a Tony Bedford. He started off by going way out front in the beginning, which you don't do. But he was look, caught. Yeah, well, of course. He couldn't keep the yeah, pace. That name is a famous Tony name. Tony Bedford. Well, yeah. I think that was his name. Yeah, 10,000 kilometres, I'm sure it was. Yeah, so yeah. that was one of your prices. But you continued, was sales your working life in, in that Well, well yeah. yeah. It was my working life once I got it, sure. And I stayed with it. Yeah. Eventually, I, I decided that having the highest sales doesn't mean to say you're ever going to really sort of, you know, get what you think you're worth. So I eventually contacted manufacturers of goods that had been selling in Germany and went to trade fairs and and got myself together a, a montage of products I felt I could sell. And you started my yourself. own business. Yeah. Good man, good man. And yeah. it went really well for ah, you. Yeah. you. You worked up till when? When did you retire from business? I actually worked up till quite little, only about four years ago, you know, and I'm 83 now. So you were 79, 80. I, but I only dealt with but three of my customers yeah. and it was easy, you know. Yeah, but you were still working. Yeah, that's right. But it was it was, it was just a fun thing, you know, mm. and uh, it, it wasn't difficult. And then in the end, I got tired of doing my VAT. And the, <laughs> I don't, and of course... <laughs> being a carer, being a carer uh, became, especially in the last eight years, became very difficult and stressful. And I, I didn't need that anymore. Now, anymore. I want to talk about that for a moment. Vera oh. is your wife. How long are you married? I'm married 54. 50, uh, was it 1964? Four minutes for what, 54 years? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 54 yeah. years. Yeah. Where did you meet her? Uh, we, I met her actually in a, a teacher's dance at Cleary's, believe it or not, yeah. She was sitting on the stair, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> she wasn't a teacher though, was she? No, she wasn't, but her friend was. I see, so she was with her. Yeah, and and, right, and yeah. you, you set eyes She her. called them Toshes, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And was it a, a click from the word go? It, it was actually, it was actually, yeah. It, for both of us, I believe, yeah. Brilliant. If I, if I don't sound sort of pompous, but I think we both sort of clicked, yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So yeah. that was it for 54 years. Yeah. You have three children, I know, grown-up children yeah. at this stage. Yeah. She yeah. worked in Aer Lingus, did she? That's right. Uh, Vera worked in the signals department in those days down in O'Connell Street, upstairs there. She'd be working on the teleprinters and things like mm. that, you know. Mm. And signals, yeah. yeah, and that's what she did, yeah. Yeah, so you lived. I know you lived Malahide swords, yeah. Malahide, yeah, that the, type of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, but the very first house we got. I remember when my dad was still alive then, and uh, he was retired, so he always wanted to be out doing something, you know. And he came with us looking at houses. We went to these ones in swords, and he, he really liked. When we ended up putting a deposit in on one of them, do you remember yeah. how much that house cost? Yes, I do. Four thousand one hundred and I think fifty pounds. <laughs> when you and it was a detached house, and it was probably a lot of money then. Yeah, wasn't it? it was in Longlands and swords, a detached house. God knows what it would cost now. Maybe four hundred and fifty thousand. I don't oh know. Oh my really. God! I don't know. When you I think don't. of the inflation on that, no. You had three children, a long happy marriage. You mentioned Thank that you're a carer. Yeah, we, we weren't perfect, but. We, 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 you know, like everybody, you have your little bumps, but we got over of things. Course, you know, yeah. Of course, of course. Vera's health deteriorated. When? How long ago? Yeah, a long time ago, you know. Uh, 
Um, it was about the year after we climbed Crowpatrick, actually. She was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So so that must be about 26, 27 years My ago. My God, you know? she's been living with that. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I, I remember uh, she was doing the ironing one day and, and I saw the tremble in her hand, you know, and she was crying, you know, and she knew there was something wrong, you know. Mm. It was kind of sad, you know. Mm. But uh, And then uh, she went in to, be, uh, to see the doctor about it and see what, what it was. Nobody... Nobody knew, and she came out of the doctor's uh, clinic holding this leaflet on Parkinson's. I said, oh no! Yeah. Yes, that, you, was, that was it. Really, you yeah. both realised then. But look yeah. at she. But my daughter actually was a speech service surgeon. My daughter was the first one to die. She said, but when Vera was playing bridge one night, she had, got her notes out, speech and language therapists, and she went through them. And she said, I think Mum has Parkinson's. And that was before any of the doctors. She picked it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She, Neither it's a progressive yeah. thing. But in recent yeah, yeah. years, then, she uh, developed Alzheimer's. Not Alzheimer's. Uh, dementia? What, uh, yeah, d- um, a form of dementia called Lewy body dementia, yeah. And uh, she really developed that maybe four or five years ago. Because it's, it's very slow in the beginning. You don't realise it. It's can start with paranoia and things like that, you know, and uh, mm. it goes along at its own pace and uh, thinking people are taking money from them and, you know, and uh, the confusion bit then. And then later on, things like hallucinations, you know, you know and uh, it's a little bit different from Alzheimer's insofar as they have days of great clarity where you, they, they can have a short-term memory and surprise you, you know. And then, but unfortunately, it's a slippery slope, you know. You you can't get better from it, and it does progress. You know? And you've cared for her up until very recently. Yeah. She's, she's in a yeah. home 16 now. 16 months ago. About, yeah, 16 yeah, months ago, she yeah. went into a home. And yeah. at that stage for mm. you, you were really at a major crossroads in yeah. your life, weren't and you? And it was also a burnout, too, you know, mm. just about, like, you know. I remember when she, when she went into the home, I, I was... You know, it was difficult, you know. Remember somebody ringing up, one of her nieces ringing up, asking, trying to arrange a visit with her, you know. I couldn't even talk to her, you know, because of what I was talking about, you know. Mm. I had a composer, it took about 10 minutes, and she stayed on the phone, you know. Yes. And it was it was that difficult, you mm. know. You go to see her every every other day, yeah? Every second day, yeah. yeah normally, yeah. But that really was a watershed in your life, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I did yeah. mention in the introduction, you mm. wrote your first poem back in 1994. I want to take a short break because I want to pick up the story from sure, from there because ironically with your wife being cared for now oh, as oh. I said you had to really reinvent your own life at, at that right. stage that's and, what I was told to do yes yeah. I know you were told that by a doctor and mm. folks what's come out of this is amazing stay with us on Late Lunch Peter Owens is telling us all about himself and his life your wife had to go into care um, and at that stage I mentioned just a moment ago Peter that you were advised from uh, the medical profession that you'd have to get up and going again yourself you tried a few things I know at that stage 16 months ago mm-hmm. but you met a, a young woman called Tracy O'Connor. That's correct. Tell yeah. me about Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I started up with. Uh, was recommended to join up with a few things in the community. I, I joined up with uh, the ceramic or not ceramic pottery course mm. and uh, German conversation because I had working knowledge of the language. I thought it would be fun. And then the other one was bowling. The the only one the the. the um, uh, the pottery class was fine, and uh, I still know the people there. They were really great, and it was creative making things, you know, on a Saturday mm-hmm. morning. And then I went to, a, uh, I, I linked up with uh, um, uh, them uh, meditation group, yeah, and uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, uh, but it took me a little while to get in on it. 
You know, and um, I, I used to read, after a little while, I used to read the odd poem to them. Your yeah. own poems? Yeah, but uh, that's when, when Tracy asked me, she heard that I had written some. Yes, uh, and these were the collection that you started to write, the first one in 1994, and you really had never brought to public attention, ever. No, 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 no. no. And my, my brother John, uh, who lives up in, in Monday, and he's probably listening to you. <laughs> Hi there. And uh, uh, he used to say, why don't you get them published? I said, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not going on an ego trip, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And I did nothing, you know. Mm, but Tracy She's a persuasive woman. She, yeah, she is. But she also, some of the girls there, they were, they all became a part of it. Mm. I remember three or four of them lining up and saying, oh, Peter, uh, and they even said to me, not just having the poems, we want to know why you wrote them. Yes. We want to know what motivated you, because they knew I had a story, and, and I thought it wasn't the sort of thing you could share, you know. And, uh, but then, you are now. Yeah, yeah, and they, they, they sort of opened it up. You and know? here it is, and it's going to be I know, very I know, soon. I know, Will yeah. you give us a taste? Would you yeah. read one from me? Well, what are you going to read? Tell us what you're going to read. I'm reading this little poem here called Contemplation. I, I named it that because uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's really in, that, in the vein of a contemplative person who's meditating deeply or contemplating. So I'll start. Contemplation. At morning, love comes calling. She bids me to be still, to surrender to the silence, and of her joy to take my fill. Then lost in sweet surrender, emerging is begun, when the earthly and the heavenly come together now as one. When thoughts are so abandoned in the bonding from above, the space is then vacated, filled with an all-embracing love. With the joy beyond description, the message is quite clear. For all our fellow pilgrims, tis a love that drives out fear. That's a cherry, it's beautiful, may I you say. You like it, yeah. I, I absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah. I don't it's one like of my, it. I, I find sometimes lying in bed and I, rather than say a prayer, I might say that to myself. It, it, it sort of was otherworldly. It came sort of, as I was walking in the park in Malahide one day when I was asking for extra poems and that was one of the ones that came down, you know. It's rather, like, rather like that, you know. You're a very spiritual man from what well, I know of you and I only know of you in the, in, in the past few mm, days. Mm. But you are. Tell us the story about your dad. Did your dad... Yes. appear to you, come back to you. Well, that was the first experience I wrote in the, in the, in the book. Yeah, I, I had. Well, I don't. I think he did in, in a dream. Yeah, in a vivid dream one night, about ten years after he had passed away, and uh, I remember being aware of seeing this face at the window of the room. I remember the room in that first house we lived in, and it moved across the room from the window and stopped at the front of my bed, and. Uh, then it took on his colour and his shape, everything, you know, as he used to look in the life. And he spoke, and I could actually hear his old familiar. He had a kind of a loud voice still, you know, behind it all. And uh, he spoke to me. What did he say? Uh, his, uh, his exact words were, I want you to know, Peter, that I am very, very happy. So and was sent with a great emphasis to say, please believe I am happy. You know, you could intuitively see it. that's what it meant. Like, you know. and that was and about ten years after he passed, and it was only right, the yeah. once it ever happened. Well, I used it? to pray for him, you see, and this, and uh, when I, I had, that's right, when that happened, then I thought, well, this it means that the prayers must have been heard, and it, it, it kind of gave me a great faith, you know, and I already supported the, whatever faith I had before, bolstered it up, as it were, you know, mm. and, um, uh, and things kind of grew from there, I suppose. Really. And you believe. Believe you actually saw him. Uh, I believe it was him in the spirit, in the spirit form. Okay, yeah. and I remember 
feeling really wide awake after sitting up in bed because it, it slowly faded away the present, you know, the, mm. you know this uh, that otherworldly feeling. You know. Yes. Yeah. Would you read the garden for me? Yeah, of course. I, they yeah. know I I like the garden myself and I yeah. do a bit of growing. But when I saw that poem, I right. said I'm going to ask him when he's in with me today just to read that for me. <laughs> okay, if he Jerry. I read that now. Uh, the garden. I walked into the garden and sat upon a stone. The great trees stood around me. I felt so all alone. They spoke to me of stillness, another world to know, a journey to the centre of peace and time to grow. Oh, to be one with the stillness and feel the love that comes therefrom, that fills my heart to bursting, gives life a mystic song. To surrender to the tide of love as it flows from heaven's gate, and the joy to feel the oneness, just to let it radiate. May it fill our earthbound chambers to save what once was lost, that we may again live in the spirit that the ruby con is crossed. That's it. Yeah. Do you know when you read, and I, if ever yeah. I have this experience yeah. with someone in poetry, I yeah. I concentrate and I, I really listen to the words. Mm-hmm. And they're special. You, you've just captured it, may I say. Thank you. Thank you. You, you really have. You have a real talent. And as I said in the introduction, you've been hiding this under a bushel, well, uh, Peter, know. for far yeah, too yeah, long. Yeah. And I am so delighted that Tracy and your friends mm-hmm. have encouraged you to do mm-hmm. this and bring this work together. There are about 25 poems in the book and the stories of the poems and the story yeah, of you yeah, as the, well. The, the story, the, that, that, that is the girls were saying to me and the teacher that day, in the group, uh, we'd like to know what started you off in writing the poetry and caused you to write the kind of poetry you did. And they are linked, really, you know, to my journey, you know, when I started meditating. You know. Where does the inspiration... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. come from? You mentioned you were, there you were walking through the park one day. Is it everything? Are you aware? Are you conscious of what's happening around you all the time? Yeah, I, 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 I try to be like this morning. Sometimes people feel that. Uh, when I got up this morning, I was having breakfast on my own there, and I looked out 
this big sliding doors opened out onto the garden, you know, and the morning sun, the, October, the September sun was shining all gold among the trees and everything, you know, and on the grass. And I, it was like somebody had this lovely golden light that was... And uh, I thought, oh, it's autumn again. But autumn can be beautiful, you know. And uh, I, I think sometimes some people live in different levels of awareness. I'm not saying I do, but everybody sees things a little bit differently. And maybe that's why poems themselves are standalone things, because uh, it can mean different things to different people, which is interesting, you know. Mm. Yeah. You know, when Vera... You couldn't care for anymore, and she had to be mm, taken know, care of by, by others. I know it's a very. It must have been a very tough time on yeah, you yeah, as well. Yeah. But you do say that mm. when you were told to really, Peter, you know, you have to as well look after yourself. The yeah. words you used to me. Can I quote you? He said to me, "It saved my ass." Yeah, <laughs> it saved my ass. <laughs> did I say that? You did. Really, I, I wrote know. it down, and I, I have it in quotes here. I know. I, I know. You could probably well, sue it's probably me. True. You could probably sue me. And I know. Say I probably you did know. say that. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's true. The way you smiled and laughed there, I know, I know you said it. Yeah, I really I do. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you did. <laughs> saved but, my ass. But, but in a way, yeah. isn't yeah. there a real lesson in this? There was mm. the sadness of Vera having to go to care. Quite. Yeah. But but you have to be cared for as well. You have to yeah, care they, for yourself. Yeah, they were always saying that to me in the beginning. I thought, no, that's been egotistic and all that. But uh, you, if you don't look after yourself, uh, you can't look after them. And the, the people in the, uh, Alzheimer's or the dementia people are always saying that you really have to look after yourself. Because uh, one of them said to me, if you don't do that, you'll end up in, yes. yourself in one of yes. these places. So you have to develop interests and meet other people mm. and create some kind of relationship, you know, and, and be interactive. With, yes. with other people because you've done it absolutely yeah. brilliantly yeah. and I'm so glad you did you know it's really here you begin again at 83 years of age he has a new career ahead uh, of him with I his know. first book <laughs> and his collection of poetry <laughs> isn't it just a great story I, it, it, re- yeah. it really is will you read one more little one yeah, for of, me before you go of course I will yeah. uh, I'll let you pick Any, yeah alright just pick yeah, one yourself I have, uh, I have to have one more before yeah, we go of course yeah I, I could read either the caring one or I could read Journey of a Soul uh, uh, what is it? Let's see. That's a serious poem, Journey of Soul. All right, I'll read this one here. It was one of the I wrote it a long time ago, and uh, it might be a bit heavy, but it's a true thing. It's a journey through life. You know? Okay. Journey of a Soul. When life seems to lose its meaning and the lost link can't be found, our daily trail seems more and more to be on shifting ground. It's then the dark clouds deepen and life has but little joy. When in final desperation one turns to God on high. The letting go of the ego and trusting in the divine is just another way of saying, Lord, I'm all thine. This abandonment of self opens the heart's own door and as the sentinel of the old self sleeps, one makes room for the spirit of love more and more. It comes without a warning, the spirit from above. It's stay been brief yet timeless, suffused with joy and love. Now beckoned by the Spirit, we are led by uncharted ways till the whole self feels abandoned and lost as in a maze. Then in our darkest hour, love smiles and embraces us once more. Now purged of ego and tested in faith, we may rejoice as ne'er before. How often in the evenings and the stillness of the night one feels a peaceful presence, even sees the holy light and enjoys the warm and loving breathing when held in holy rapture by the spirit of delight. That's it all, folks. 
That is all for the moment from this great man. It is indeed. (laughs) It's been a real pleasure meeting you today. And I just want to remind people, the book, the collection of poems, will be launched on Saturday, the 29th of September, at three o'clock at the Malahide Parish Centre. And they're being launched by Dara O'Brien, the TD there. It's going to be a special day. It's an open invitation to everybody to come along. Go, meet this great man. Enjoy his poetry. Enjoy his company. For the moment, Peter Owens, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. We've been with them all the way on Late Lunch since it began. I can't believe it's seven years ago at this stage, but they're ready to rock and roll again. I suppose that's the wrong term when you're talking about classical. Yes, the draw the classical music season is about to begin uh, this coming weekend, and I'm delighted to welcome back once more to Late Lunch. Yes, the artistic director, the woman who puts it all together, Pauline Ashwood. You're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thank you for joining me again. It is year seven. Am I right with that, yeah? That is correct. We've had six years, so we're going into to the seventh season. Do you remember those early doors when you came as a greenhorn and said to several people, you know something, we might be able to get something like this going in Drogheda. Was it difficult? It it was and it wasn't. Um, it was difficult because it was new after a hiatus of a couple of years where there had been a great classical music series here set up by Rosemary Collier, who was the arts officer in Drogheda at the time. And I suppose... When I came to Drogheda and was looking for something to do, I'd given up full-time employment and I had this brainwave that maybe it was time to pick things up again. And I got the full support of Louth County Council and also from Marcella in Drogheda Arts Centre. So there were elements of it that were made sense and were easy. There was an audience there. But suddenly it became very difficult. People had forgotten about classical music. People had forgotten, I think, in a sense that St Peter's was there, that it was such a beautiful church and that the piano was there. So it felt that we were starting off all over again and we were getting houses of 40 and 50 people coming to concerts. And at one point the church even were saying, you know, is this worthwhile? Should we be doing this? It costs us more to open the church and to heat it. And, you know, it, it wasn't a great feeling for those that did come. And then suddenly uh, our our friend, Gavin Duffy, put a challenge to me and said, why don't you do something big? Why don't you do something really big and get the people to come? So back in 2014, I think that was, we invited Barry Douglas and Camerata Ireland, his orchestra. And Barry asked me that afternoon, what did the church feel like when it was full? Was the acoustic very different? And I said, well, I have no idea. We've never had it full before. And that night was the first time we sold out to capacity. Everybody who was anybody was at that concert. And we really haven't looked back since then. Isn't it wonderful? A seminal moment you're talking about there and wonderful to reflect on it. And as well, I have to give you another piece of credit. Remember when you started, this country was in the doldrums, like we were in the in the depths of depression with the crash. That's absolutely true. But one of the things that's positive and because we get good funding from the Arts Council and from Louth County Council, it means we can keep our ticket prices at a reasonable rate. Mm. So... While there were a lot of people that didn't have money to go out, absolutely, and and there was a downturn, 
it at least those that were in the mood for breaking away from the bad news everywhere were able to come out to something and it wasn't going to be yeah, breaking Good point. The Affordable and it's always been like that. Exactly. And still is. We're going to tell you about that in a little while. When you look at the names who've come, you mentioned Barry Douglas there. Tara Erot is back with you again this year. I'm name dropping now as well. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Hugh Tinney, what an, you know, you're talking about the greats in this genre uh, of this country and beyond. How do you get them? Well, I'd like to say that uh, part of his reputation now for the series, we've made contacts with some very good agents in the UK and further afield. Uh, and when artists come here and have a good experience, they're well looked after. The audiences are very sincere uh, and and warm towards the players. Um, Word gets back and suddenly we get offers. So it has gone from a case where I'm having to knock doors and say, please, could you come? Could you try this series? Word gets out and people know that we have a great venue. We have a wonderful piano. We have an audience who are receptive and who are interested in classic music and particularly classic music that's coming to the northeast. You know, it's easy to say, well, sure, everything happens in Dublin. It's only up the road. And absolutely, Dublin has a wealth of classical music to offer. But it's great when it's on your doorstep, when you've just to travel 15 minutes or 30 minutes in your car, depending on where you're coming from. And it's there and it's in our area. And very often, these musicians are now coming just to Drogheda. They're not doing national tours. They are coming purely because... We're doing something mm. right, perhaps. The piano is, the Steinway is a major asset there. And of course, the acoustic of St. Peter's Church of Ireland, where it's appointed there as well, on the hill, looking out over the town. You you just couldn't take a place today and put it in a more ideal place. Absolutely. And what it has, the acoustics and everything. Absolutely. It's very hard nowadays to create... Uh, a, a venue as suitable as St Peter's Church of Ireland is for classical music. You know, they bring in acoustic engineers and sound specialists to try and recreate this very natural acoustic. But oftentimes, because of the nature of how music and uh, and the arts is promoted, they have to have it that's maybe suitable for speech, that's suitable for um, music, that's suitable for drama, suitable for many things, like in some of the great art centres we have around the country. But it can't be one thing uh, it can't be everything, you know. So um, St Peter's Church of Ireland is absolutely wonderful for classical music because it doesn't require any amplification. The players are coming and the sound that they create from either their voices or from their instruments just booms around the church and you feel it and you're part of it. It's really, really magical place. Uh, one memory sticks in my mind when Tara was there last time and I was there. I couldn't believe how that woman throws her voice <laughs> from one end to the other and it reverberates round. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? It really is. It is. And, and depending on where you sit in the church as well, you can have, you know, an even more wonderful experience because sometimes you've got a very clear sight line of somebody and the sound, maybe you're hearing more from the orchestra or sometimes you sit somewhere else and you hear more of the piano. There's just so many different variants to it, but it's a great place and performers love it. So the first concert is on this Friday, the 14th of September at half past seven. This very Friday evening, folks, in St. Peter's Church of Ireland. And you're bringing along Emma Johnson and John Lennon. Now, we're going to be talking to Emma in a few moments' time. But just before that, how many are in the series? It runs till next March. How many concerts? Seven concerts. One a month between now and next March. And you say. mix and match. You're bringing back uh, old friends and those, the newbies there. Uh, that's well. right. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of concerts that we've had in the past, people come to them and say, oh, my goodness, that was the best ever. That was absolutely wonderful. 
you should have that person back. And occasionally an opportunity comes up where we can have them back. And this year I, I felt that it'd be nice to make connections and reconnect with people. So nobody is coming back in the same format. Anybody who's coming back is doing something slightly different. So, for example, Hugh Tinney is returning on his own. The last time he was here, it was part of a trio. Tara Erat is returning with piano and clarinet. Last time she was here, it was with the orchestra. Linda O'Connor is returning uh, with Mia Cooper. Both have been here in different performances. They're returning with an orchestra to do Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Um, in February, Irish National Opera, who have been here before, again in a different guise, are coming back with two other people who have been here. Sharon Carty and Peter Whelan, who wowed audiences last year. And then Barry Douglas returns as a soloist, as rather than the last time he was here with orchestra. Now, there's something slightly different there as well, because this is the only concert, which is the final one next March, that's not in St. Peter's. Correct. So the piece of music that Barry will be performing is by Mussorgsky, a Russian composer who wrote it based on an art exhibition that he visited uh, with paintings and uh, collections of a friend of his, Victor Hartman. So I felt while St. Peter's is beautiful and the piano is wonderful there and Barry adores that space, I thought it would be great to do this in our own gallery. So um, thankfully Eva in the Highlands has accepted that and uh, we're putting that concert on. So it'll be a limited capacity of about 120, 130 people maximum. So that one is going to sell without a doubt. How do people get tickets? And there is great value here. You have a season ticket, haven't you? We have a season ticket where you can buy all seven concerts for the price for €100, Euro, which is the equivalent of five concerts. I'm just thinking of Brendan O'Carroll. They're only giving them away. Do you know that ad when he says that on it there? You are giving it away for that. We are, but we recognise that maybe, you know, you can't necessarily commit to all seven concerts, but yet you might be able to come to five. Mm. So this is a way of ensuring your seat is there. Even when concerts sell out, your seat is guaranteed uh, and it's great value. Or... For those that know for definite that they won't get to everything, you can pick four of your best for the price of three. So there's lots of options there and you can book as you go along. What's the easiest way to book tickets? Go directly to drihid.com. That's the Drihid Arts Centre. So you can phone them or you can go online drihid.com and you can purchase the tickets individually or the packages are also available to buy online or you can buy on the door. OK, uh, on the door. Tonight. But if you turn up and it's sold out, you're in trouble. Exactly. You're better booking for this. Drihid, D-R-O-I-C-H-E-A-D.com. If you go on there now, you can book your tickets. The concert start this Friday, the 14th of September at 7 30 with Emma Johnson and John Lenehan and we have a wee story on that coming up for you in a few moments time or if you want to call them I have the number it's 041 9833 that's 041 9833 for tickets uh, Pauline is staying with us and we will be joined when we come back by an absolute virtuoso of the clarinet Emma Johnson is joining us on Late Lunch Yes, you're still with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I'm indulging myself there because that is the theme from the Victorian Kitchen Garden. And who is playing the uh, clarinet there? The one and only Emma Johnson. And she's on the line with us this afternoon. Hello, Emma. Hello. Thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, my God. I'm in awe when I just listen back to that. Isn't it just fantastic? Yes, it, it seems to have stood the test of time and um, it's remained popular, even though that television series was, it was about 15 or 
20 years. It was. Yes. It was, but it has endured. That's the point I want it to has. make. It has, yes. And this wonderful music endures all through the years and decades and centuries as well. Look, I want to say hello to you. Pauline Ashwood is in studio here with me as well this afternoon, and we've been talking about the Drogheda classical season that begins on Friday night. You're coming along. Have you ever been to Drogheda before? No, I, I haven't. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, my pianist, John Lenahan, who will be joining me in the concert, he particularly has always wanted to come because uh, his mother was born there so, and he's never been before. What a brilliant link. Oh, yes. fantastic. Oh, my God, he's really going to knock the keys out on the Steinway on Friday night along with you, for sure, when, when, when that is the backdrop to it. Look, you, your accolades, I've just been reading about you earlier today, all you've won. But the young musician, the BBC Young Musician of the Year, to win that must have been so special. Yes, yeah, and, and I think, luckily, at the time, um, I didn't realise how important it would be. You know, I just went out and played and enjoyed the fact that I could give a concert with a professional orchestra because um, looking, you know, when you look back, you realise that it did have the power to kind of really change your life overnight. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, suddenly you're, you're thrust into, into the world of music and, uh, you know, it's amazing. But, you know, there was obviously an influence because you didn't just rush off into the world of music. You were very, very sensible. You went on to study and complete your studies, even though it was in the music field, of course, but you made sure you got that under your wing before you went off and flew all yes. over the world. Yes, I was, I was very sensible. I, I think just knowing that a, a, a musical career can be quite a, a dicey thing, quite a, a difficult undertaking. So um, I... Sorry, that's my phone. Has just <laughs> that shows you that this there. is actually live <laughs> and happening at this moment in time, folks. <laughs> it's very melodious, let me sound, yes, your ring. Your, you. ring is, yes. your ring sound is, yeah. Uh, go on, go on, yes. go on. Anyway, yes, just, just I thought, you know, I should have some qualifications um, under my belt and it was very hard work I have to say to, to do both but uh, looking back you know I'm, I'm glad I did that I, it's, it never harms you to have a bit extra knowledge mm. And, mm. and so on Of course we were talking a little earlier on you didn't hear myself and Pauline about the venue St Peter's Church of Ireland in Drogheda a beautiful ancient church with a wonderful acoustic for you who performs in the great halls and places like this what's it like you know to play in a place like this? Well, actually, um, my, my favourite places to play are often churches because of the acoustic. I mean, they were designed so well for, for church music. And I, I often prefer those to something like the Festival Hall in London or, or, or a, you know, a modern uh, building because the music just sounds so much more beautiful there and, that, and that's the important thing. So even though there may not be a changing room backstage... Or there is, there is, like I can that. tell you. There, oh, is. there is. It's a little bit rudimentary, but you'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Um, well, that's, that's more than I've had in some churches, actually. <laughs> so that, that's, that's wonderful. But, but the acoustic is the most important thing in many ways. It, mm. It's because... Uh, it, it sort of becomes part of your instrument and, and so you really feel you can play uh, your best for people when, when the acoustic is good. Peter Eaton is the man who made your particular acoustic instrument. Is it like, you know, you often hear in a sport analogy the, the snooker player who can't play without the cue. Is this just like part of you, an extension of you? Yes, it is. It's, it's like 
my own voice and um, I feel very lucky to have had a, a close working relationship with, with, with Peter Eaton over the years. So we've sort of developed the clarinet together in, in some ways. Mm. He takes on board some of my suggestions. And um, it's rather sad because he'll have to retire soon. Oh. And there doesn't seem to be another person who's willing to come forward and, and um, take up making British clarinets anymore. So it, it may be the end of an era for um, clarinets in, in the UK. Talking about see. classical music, there's a job opportunity for somebody today that we're putting out there as well. <laughs> Emma's yeah. on the ball. Polly Nashwood is with us. She wants to say hello to you, Polly. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? Uh, hello, Pauline. I'm nice to see you. And you two, we're very much looking forward to see you on Friday and John too. Can you tell us very briefly about the programme that you're going to play? Yes, certainly. Um, I'm in the first half playing some classics for the clarinet. So the, the, some beautiful pieces by Clara Schumann and the Brahms Sonata, which has always been... Um, esteemed as one of the greatest pieces for clarinet, finishing with um, some pieces by Verdi from La Traviata. Then the second half goes more 20th century and we'll be celebrating Bernstein, uh, who celebrates uh, 100 years since he was born this year, and um, playing also some jazz at the end of the concert. So we'll be showing all the different facets Woohoo! I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A a lovely mix there, isn't there, Pauline? Uh, It's definitely a programme for all audiences, those Mm. new to clarinet playing, um, but also those seasoned uh, with an interest in classical music. Yes, I hope hope there's something for everybody. That that, that was the idea. And and John and I talk about the pieces uh, as we go along, so... You know, if people haven't heard them before, it doesn't matter. Not one bit does it matter. (laughs) Listen, lovely to catch a word with you. I know you're a busy lady. Thank you for taking our call and there'll be a big Cade Mila Falcha. That means in English, a welcome for you (laughs) to Drogheda on Friday night. Everybody looking forward to it. Thank you for talking to us today, Emma. Thank you very much. Great pleasure. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's the wonderful... Bye-bye, Emma Johnson there, who will be accompanied by John Lennon, who has that big Drogheda link at the Drogheda Classical on Friday evening. Half seven it all begins. Again, just remind me, how many concerts in the series, Polly? Seven concerts. And Drehid, D-R-O-I-C-H-E-A-D dot com. If you get on there now, order your tickets, or you can call them on 041 Good luck to you. It's lucky seven this year. Congratulations (laughs) to you again, Pauline. And all the very best for the series. I look forward to being there myself. Thanks a million. Thanks, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. The RNLI, the great people, they're holding a flag day in Drogheda this Friday the 14th of September from 9 to 6. The volunteers, you'll see them, they'll be wearing the RNLI gear and the logos. The funding is so important to the lifeboat service. If you can't support it all, they'd be very, very grateful. That's RNLI in Drogheda this Friday between 9 and 6. I was listening to Michael there about Serena Williams and the umpire. I was showing you the, the cartoon, yes, the caricature from morning. the Australian newspaper today. I just want to say something on that. 
that. I believe it has nothing to do with racism. Nothing at all. And I'm supporting the cartoonist from the Australian newspaper who did that caricature. A caricature, you know, Sinead, is yeah. a caricature. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. It just sums up the moment. Because Serena Williams... The girl, who won it? Do you know who won the US Open? No, you don't. No. She took away completely from the young woman who Maybe won her first should, major. you should explain the cartoon just in case people the haven't actually seen it. The cartoon is a caricature of Serena. She's a black woman. It's a, a large black lady with uh, extenuated features dancing on the racket that she smashed on the ground. And Osaka, the girl who won the, uh, the US Open, is over with the umpire and the umpire saying, please let her win. <laughs> In fairness, it, I think it's very funny as well. It is very funny. You're I a didn't, woman. You yeah, I, mean. I didn't. I didn't feel it was derogatory. I didn't no. feel it was racist at all. Tanksionate. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like that. You were explaining the the actual story because, of course, I have no clue anything that goes on I in sports. So I looked it up and whatever else. And really and truly, it was like she spit the dummy completely. Can I tell you as well that guy in the Australian um, newspaper? He caricatured Kyrgios. He's a, an Australian tennis player. Oh, he's a brat. But you want to see the caricature he did of him just yeah. some time ago. He's a man and he took him to bits with the caricature as well. He put him down. Put him down. Look, when I tell you, it's if we get into this in the world, political correctness mm. gone absolutely haywire. I backed the umpire. He didn't do anything wrong, to be honest with you. She... Her behaviour was unacceptable, bottom line, totally unacceptable uh, in the context of what was happening. And come on, Serena, you, how many of you won? 29 or something as well. Cop Let yourself on at this stage. Yeah, now you said it. <laughs> well done to the cartoonist in Australia. I'm right behind you. I was watching BBC last night, Emily Maitlis on uh, uh, Newsnight on BBC, and she's a brilliant journalist. I admire her work and I really enjoy that news. But come on, they were all sort of, they weren't asking the, the hard questions or saying, as has the world gone mad here with this type of stuff? Anyway, long may caricatures and cartoonists continue to take the you-know-what out of everybody. Uh, final break of the day to come on late lunch. And can I give you a clue to what's coming up next? What am I talking about? Yes, it's turkey time. I haven't gone mad. Yes, I've been visiting uh, Termin' Feckin' Delicious Turkeys since the little chicks arrived in July. Back again today. Update coming up next. I'm back. Termin' feckin' delicious. Won't be long now. Yes, turkey time is coming round fast. Mid-September. I was here with David McAvoy the day the wee chicks arrived. They were tiny, tiny little things. To hear that in the background there, there's been a lot of progress since. David, what age are they at this stage? Yeah, so they're heading on now for 12 weeks, uh, Jerry. Uh, they are four weeks away from being sort of big teenagers. They're looking big, they've got their feathers, but they're gangly, they're kind of a bit rough around the edges. And they have a lot of fattening to do yet, but they're growing a good frame at this point in time. And uh, they're getting their exercise, they're out every day, and uh, all their natural characteristics are starting to develop. There's a pecking order in the sheds, Uh, they come out every day, you'll see them in a few minutes, and they're going to run mad having a look at you, or else they might run the opposite direction, I'm not quite (laughs) sure yet. And they uh, like children, you know, you mentioned their babies first, then their small children, they're heading for the teens. Do their 
mannerisms, characteristics, the way they behave change? Yeah, the more I, I work with the turkeys, the more I realise uh, the human characteristics they almost have, compared them to my own kids. When I opened the shed the first door there uh, a couple of weeks ago, they didn't really want to go out too far. Uh, they kind of hung around the edges. You nearly have to push them out the door, uh, like bringing them to school for the first time. Gradually, after a few days, uh, they know why the door is open and then they start going out. But they, they go around picking and uh, scratching the first week or two, but they are absolutely frightened of everything. You know, planes flying over, the buzzards nearby, they were running for the hills if they could every time something flew over. Now they're not so much. They're starting to get brave and, uh, they, you know, they, they, they ignore uh, that kind of thing. Although last week here, there was a bit of roadworks in Termenfecken and the, the diggers were going up and down the lane with the lights and every time they seen a digger with lights, they headed for the hedge. They were after the digger. So, you know, they really are inquisitive, uh, really inquisitive at this age and uh, that'll last a couple of more weeks before they they start to really fatten and maturity sets in and then they become a bit more adult-like and they're a bit uh, more passive and a bit more gentle but at the moment they're really inquisitive Mm. and uh, at this stage you have to be kind of careful that you know there aren't any obstacles in their way that they could damage themselves on because they will jump into them true curiosity so you have to keep the field fairly sparse and uh, uh, make sure there's nothing they can get caught in you know the big paddock here I can describe it as that they've been out in this and you see they've pecked it well but you've a massive amount of ground beyond this they're going to be out there soon yeah what you do is you kind of you, you get them into an area you can control them in initially uh, because uh, as I said they, they're very uh, skittish at the beginning and you don't want anything to happen to them but once they sort of hit the end of September you can get give them the full run of the area and uh, you know there's 10 acres out there and they, they really enjoy once you open it up further you know each stretch of ground they get to uh, go out on and they will clean the, the field will be cleaned at the end of the year you'll see it come Christmas uh, they will have picked every blade of clover that's out there and it'll be just flat grass you know but uh, you have to give them the space uh, because it gives them the exercise they stay healthy they stay fit but it also helps in the maturity and development of the meat for Christmas because the more oxygen that's flown through those muscles the more he globe and got in there the more flavour you have if they were standing around in the shed all day they're kind of like sponges they're just standing there they haven't got any muscle development uh, there's no character to their meat and uh, you know they're a completely different board I can vouch for that because I tasted them for the first time last year and it's night and day I have to say now tell me this it regards the food that you feed them how much do they take on board how important is that and as well you know hydration yeah well water is very important you have to have water available to the turkeys the whole time so there are not automatic drinkers and the sheds here they're, they're, the, the doors are left open during the day and uh, they can go in and out and get a drink uh, they tend to eat a lot in the morning that's when they eat do most of their eating in the morning and then they'll do it again in the evening so they actually don't eat too much during the day uh, you know once they get out they'll be picking around but in terms of the, the wheat and that that they're eating all the eating's done in the morning and late evening it's a bit like the boards in the wild you know they still have the same characteristics the boards are up early you hear them up early they're out feeding early uh, and uh, during the day you know when the sun is high in the sky last week when we had that lovely weather uh, during the day they were just lying in the sunshine they weren't doing anything and I even noticed them going back into the shed a bit when it was really intense sun so uh, they like a bit of shade as well uh, but uh, you know this time last year there, actually there wasn't one morning like this Jerry uh, the whole 
year last year. We're back to the weather again, but you know they really are enjoying this weather. Lovely dry uh, mornings, uh, dry days. Uh, they're able to lie in the sunshine. A bit windy the last couple of days. They're not very great fans of the wind, but if they can get down out of it and lie down, they will. You know. But uh, yeah, the weather is very important uh, for them, and I expect them to be you know a good pound and a half heavier this year than last year because the weather was so bad. You know. So it Isn't does that make interesting a that the yeah. weather makes such a big difference as well to them. And we've had a great run and long may that continue we're here middle of September so please God it does keep going they're pretty anxious in there at the minute are they waiting for you are they they're they're chaffing at the bit in there at the moment because they can kind of hear us outside they know they're due to go out and uh, every morning let them out around 8 o'clock so this morning tiny bit late Jerry because I know you're up a bit (laughs) the slippers aren't on you today thank God (laughs) what are you getting on about there I'm up a cockerel myself don't mind them at all anyway they are but it's funny about them you can hear the noise level raising yeah well they're a bit like the boards and the trees you know there's a morning chorus the turkeys are exactly the same you know once that light comes up in the morning they start chirping they know they want to be out uh, and you know it, they're they're working on the the time clock of light so you know when it comes late at the morning the mornings are starting to fall in now unfortunately so it's probably about quarter past 20 past six before the light comes up but as soon as it does they're chirping and they, you know they, they're ready to go and uh, they're, they're no different than the boards in the wild you know he's held them back for me this morning let's walk towards the sheds here and let me have a look at them I'm real curious I'm really curious about this because they were tiny little things when they arrived in the boxes from the UK last time I was here here we go and uh, we're getting much closer to them. Oh, I even getting a peek in there already. There's some change. Yeah, they were six grams, I suppose, when you uh, seen them the first time, Jerry. But at the moment now, they're the biggest ones are probably somewhere in around five to six kilos. And uh, the smaller ones are probably around three kilos at the moment. That's between July and now. Yeah, yeah. It's but amazing, that's, that's isn't all. It? That's all frame. There's not much meat on them. They're all frame. It's all bone and structure. And uh, the flesh goes on later on in the in the weeks. You know, basically from the beginning of October right through to the end of November is when they put on all the meat. You know. So, but you will be surprised now. I'll just lift this out yeah, of the go way. Go ahead. Go ahead there. Okay, so Dave is just uh, heading to the door there and about to open up and let them out. Let's see what happens. Here we go. Oh my God almighty. Look at them. Listen to them. Hello. Hello, boys and girls. I'm just amazed at the size of them. They really have developed an awful lot and I can see what you're saying there David actually it's the frames have really come on in leaps and bounds haven't they yeah, you see, they grow terribly fast turkeys. I mean, they're one of the most efficient growers uh, of any uh, livestock. And uh, But, you see, the, traditionally, the air turkeys are growing for 26 weeks. So that's the time it takes to grow a fully mature turkey. So you can see the frame is growing big here. But unfortunately, a lot of turkeys are actually killed at this age for Christmas because th- that's the way the market works. You know, they're basically once they hit a weight they slaughter them there's no meat on the boards they're a very poor carcass but that's what you're getting when you're buying sort of a farm fresh turkey in the supermarket or the butchers or the frozen turkey you tend to be getting a very thin turkey especially if you buy one around five kilos uh, so it, 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 as i said a lot of turkeys for this christmas are actually only being hatched this week 
So it really? is. It is. Yeah, that's true. Like this is the you know the ones that are going to be four and five kilograms, uh, and maybe some six kilogram turkeys will be just being hatched in September, and they'll only be grown for those number of weeks up to Christmas. But the, you're getting a very poor quality turkey because I wouldn't be happy killing one of these birds at this stage because they're only half grown. They're, you know they're not mature, and uh, you know you're, you're 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 getting something completely different here when you let the bird grow to the full term. You know, but the, the other thing with these birds is that they are a real old strain they're Cambridge bronze there's some Hollyberry bronze in there and they grow at a much slower rate they consume uh, the equivalent uh, feed they don't you know consume masses of food either but they grow at a slower rate and you have a fully finished turkey of 5 kilos so one of these boards if it's 5 kilos at Christmas it never would get any bigger whereas a lot of the ones you see in the supermarkets they're hybrid turkeys they will grow on to big weights of maybe 20 kilos uh, but they kill them when they hit 5 that's why you have a very thin carcass not a lot of meat and that's why it tastes very dry because at this stage there's no muscular development there's no meat development there's no fat under the skin that'll all come in the in the in week sort of 16 to 25 uh you know when they really uh, develop the flesh and that like you know like good stall fed cattle did years ago uh you know and it's the same principle with these boards you know they look very content. They just all look at them all out of the shed at this stage. They love the outdoors. Ah, uh, they do. Now, you know, they're not actually that excited running around this morning, Jerry, because they're looking at you. As you can see, they're standing around in a circle. We're surrounded by the turkeys. Normally, they ignore me completely, and they'd be going out to the fence there and be having a look around at a few crows. But you know, they're they're inquisitive. Their heads are up. You can see they're all looking, and their their heads slightly sideways, looking at Jerry, saying, "Who is this? Why is he here?" You know. So. Uh, that's what you get from the boards. It's great. I get great pleasure with them because I think that you know they're they're, they're great creatures, and uh, you get a kind of a, a return from them uh, by coming out a bit of freedom in your life. But you've you've great. Uh, I get relaxed looking at them and uh, just making sure they're all all right. You're looking for anybody that has a limp or anything like that. But again, very rare when you have small numbers of boards in the sheds like we do. Uh, you know, you have very few casualties and you have healthy boards, and that's what you're looking for. Will you change much with them now as time goes on? What about 12, 14 weeks to Christmas? Will you just continue with the same feed, the well, same no, regime? The, the feed changes now. So at the moment they're on a, a feed uh, which has a 20% protein uh, because these boards are still growing up. Uh, so uh, the, you start off with a high protein at 27% and then you gradually bring it down as they develop. So at the end of September they go on to a, 40, or a, a 16% protein which is kind of the fattener. Now that, uh, at all times the feed pretty much consists of wheat it's made in 90 percent wheat but there's just slight adjustments for minerals and protein uh, for the boards at different ages uh, so at the end of september now they go on to a fattener because at that stage that carcass will have finished growing upwards and what you're trying to do then is get them to fill out you know so uh, that's the, the way the feed will change now in terms of letting them out and that obviously the days and the daylight will change so they'll go out slightly later in the morning and they'll start to come in earlier in the evening they tend to come in themselves as the dark evenings come in they will come in themselves about a half an hour before dark they'll start drifting into the shed and then you know as it's getting dark I'll be just closing the doors in behind them so uh, that's the way the days work um, if the weather turns a bit rougher it, it won't really affect them because they've got great feathers now their feathers are 
all waterproof. Uh, they're kind of like a, a wax coat on them and uh, the weather won't affect them. The only thing that would stop them really going out at any stage would be very high winds uh, in the winter. That's the only thing that affects them. It's rain and it doesn't matter. You can just open the doors. You know, they'll go out, they'll stand around. Uh, they won't do too much in the rain, but uh, they'll still like their little bit of exercise and scratch around, you know. So the message today, mid-September, all good in Termin Fecking with the turkeys. Looking brilliant. Uh, made such progress since the last time I was here. I'll see you again when. When's the best time to drop out for another check Well, if you're to head back uh, sometime around Thanksgiving, Jerry, I think. Uh, because they'll be gobbling at you then. Uh, you know, uh, the, the male turkeys will be strutting their stuff around you, thinking you're a bit of competition. Well, I will see you. i make that a, a date with you now. And with the boys and girls, all the turkeys here, that were surrounded by... Uh, in Termenfecken this morning for around Thanksgiving time. David, it's great to see them and thank you so much for taking us on this turkey journey this year, 2018. It's really fascinating. Yeah, thank, thanks very much, Jerry. You're welcome. Only 104 sleeps to go till one of those turkeys is on the dinner table, says Santa's little helper. Ho, ho, ho. Only 22 hours to go till Thursday's late lunch. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used vehicles in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.